Greetings, folks. Put the kettle on, get yourself sat down. It's time for another episode of Kaiju Curry House. It is episode 70. My name's Alex. I'm joined by my friends, Paul, Joe, and tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Chad Atkinson. How's it going, everyone? Good here, thanks. Good, good, thanks. Fantastic. Splendid. Okay, before we properly introduce our guest, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? I have been up to a few odds and ends. So I've been watching Godzilla Singular Point. No spoilers, but I was pretty impressed with the last two episodes. So happy with that. Um, I checked out the new Mortal Kombat movie, uh, Reptiles in it. And um, while he's not necessarily a kaiju, but uh, I did enjoy, you know, seeing cool. it there. Yeah, I mean, of course, he's reptile, despite the fact that he was a special character in the original Mortal Kombat's. Uh, he kind of just gets pwned nowadays, but that was fun. And um, yeah, that, that's been more or less uh, my kaiju fandom the last few days. Chad, what have yes. kaiju been up to? What monster-related uh, stuff have you been getting on? Well, you, you talked about Mortal Kombat. My business partner did the teeth for Melina. So, <laughs> okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. That's an unforgettable yeah, so, smile, that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So. He, um, his name is Jack Charlton. He's my business partner. So we have Stingray Sushi Studios. And uh, we kind of, Paul asked, you know, the question about, you know, what you guys do special effects wise. And the gamut is quite huge. Uh, we do anything from dental prosthetics to prosthetics to prop making to uh, specialty costumes and all that sort of thing. So um, Jack was fortunate to get uh, the teeth for that. Uh, Nikki Gooley was the head of uh, makeup on that and called him up and said, here's some designs or some ideas that they want. And, um, I got a chance to look at what he was doing, you know, kind of, you know, before they put it in her mouth. So, which is a really difficult sort of character because she goes from very little teeth and then she kind of, you know, you know, That's gets cool. really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, he had a couple different stages for them and uh yeah it's it's you know when you do something for like based off a video game uh and try to make it into the real real world there's a you know there's kind of a there's some physicalities there's some physics that you had to have to to deal with with that so um but i think he did an awesome job on that but far as uh kaijus go that's where i i started everything for me um my grandmother, when I was two years old, was babysitting me and put the television. I remember this. I remember this far back. She put the television on. It was black and white, 1976, I guess it would have been. And uh, she had a King Kong versus Godzilla on. Nice. And because it plays like the news, you know, it's like a news broadcast. I thought it was the news. <laughs> what was going on? Brilliant. And and I saw Godzilla, the lizard, you know, um, stomping on all these houses and that big stupid ape, you know, crashing around. I was like, that's going on outside. That's happening. I was hiding underneath her chair. And she's like, what's going on? Like, when I thought you were a kid, I thought you liked this junk. You know, I was like, what's happening? But yeah, it all kicked off of that, you know, giant monsters, kaijus. And um, my last 25 years, this is my 25th year in special effects. Um, I've worked on a few kaijus, so yeah. Well, we'll have to hear more about them. And what, what have you recently been up to, kaiju related? What's the most recent kaiju media you've enjoyed? 
Um, ooh, you know, I, I went back and watched um, some of the old Godzilla's just because when you guys, you know, he, he texted me, I was like, oh, kaijus, let's, let's look back. So, um, yeah, I like to go back to, jeez, uh, uh, what's the most recent Godzilla thing I watched? Um, I think it was King of the Monsters. Mm -hmm. right is that the one yeah yeah i didn't mind that one that was okay a digital godzilla but yeah that's my most recent kaiju good stuff why don't you pass on the question so ask what have kaiju been up to either to paul or myself oh what yeah yeah what, yeah, kind, yeah. Of what kind of kaiju have you been up to alex there we go oh. that wasn't we, like to, we make it nice and awkward it's great <laughs> no that, that was good yeah um okay well i'm um, getting you on as a guest i kind of like look through imdb and i thought right okay what mm. film do i most like that you've worked on and i i re-watched the mist and yeah uh, i am right that you had an involvement with that is that correct yeah yeah i was in the mechanical department so paul uh so i'll answer a couple questions here for you with mm. the mist i worked in a few different departments for k and b effects group inc in la i did like 10 years with those guys they're known for The Walking Dead, Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger, um, and a million other projects. But um, Greg is friends with Frank Darabont. Mm. And uh, through their relationship with The Green Mile, they did the um, a lot of stuff on The Green Mile. The, and, um, but Frank came by and he's like, well, I'm doing The Mist and this is what I want. And he goes, I wanna be honest with you because this thing is so huge. Um, it's going to probably be digital. So let's see what we can do, how we can use you in your capacity um, here, you know, the FX team and kind of meld between the two. And so we ended up making the tentacles that reach underneath the door, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, that was a creepy scene. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so that was really fun. So we're trying to work out that. And, and, um, uh, and that always works better too when you have something actually reaching underneath a garage door at your actors versus a, a green sock you know that kind of thing so <laughs> <laughs> and then we got I, it's been a while since i've seen that movie but those those weird uh little spider sort of creatures oh, yeah, like too, and, skull face on them yeah that's it yeah those yeah those things and yeah just the whole movie yeah the whole there's, a, there's a lot of cool a lot of gnarly monsters in it, in it. there's a yeah. lot of gnarly monsters yeah, so re-watching it like you know they got the tentacles you've got the little kind of uh, the mosquitoes that bite the last and like a face yeah that's them. right then you got yeah. the creatures that eat them and then you got the huge arachne lobster that picks off the blue because of the huge like, looks amazing. Yep. It's, it's, yeah yeah there's so much stuff in that and uh yeah it's been a what year was that? 2004? 2007. 2007. Yeah. yeah. So that was the year, yeah, 2006, 2007. Yeah, that's when I first came to Australia. So um, on a different show altogether. So, yeah. That's what I've been rewatching. And um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it stands up really well. I mm. watched it in black and white because uh, the version really? that I've got uh, on Blu-ray, it came with a black and white and it's quite nice. Yeah, I could sort of gave us a grainy feel to it. Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Sadly, not a lot. Um, I haven't watched any Kaiju films or TV shows. Um, I was hoping to encounter some Kaiju in a video game, but um, 
I've been playing, I mentioned last time I was playing Outriders with my mate Tom, and we're on the last level now. And in the opening sequence, you see these giant beasts. They're, it's almost like an atat, but flesh, you know, like the skinny legs, big body. And I haven't seen it yet. I was like, when are we going to see this thing? I want to fight it. That's, that's you know, you're teasing it, and it hasn't come up yet. Um, so, yeah, other than watching, um, what was there? I saw, Godzilla, I saw Godzilla versus Kong um, has come to PUBG mobile. I don't know if any of you noticed that. No? no I've seen advertisements, but yeah, I can't. It just seems a, an odd time to have now. So, but I mean, it's like Fortnite, Battle Royale, so 100 people on a map fighting to stay alive. But now there's Godzilla and Kong and Mecha Godzilla and Skullcrawlers all also on this island with you. So mm. you've got to try and not be stomped and not be shot <laughs> it it's, it's free to play on the phone so you know it could be good fun mm. i haven't bothered <laughs> um but anyway enough about that but we Paul, want to introduce our guest oh, yeah sorry do you want to introduce our guest i would love to introduce our guest so we're here today with chad atkinson who has done so many films um you just mentioned the mist um, I was looking on your website as your, your mechanical FX um, mm. job there, and I saw just in 2007 alone, along with Mist, you did Chronicles of Narnia, Transformers, um, Mirrors. Yeah, Ghosts, I mean, there's so many just in that year. Um, but yeah, it was a bit big year. Yeah, and that's when you moved to Australia, was it? Did you say? That's right. Yeah, um, we did all those. That was all through K and B FX Group. Um, the Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger's um, effects company that's been around, for, oh geez, I think they're at their 30th year now. Um, they've done everything, Walking Dead, all those movies you mentioned, the Tarantino, the yeah. Rodriguez films. So they got, you know, quite a um, quite an extensive list of amazing films. Um, but yeah, I came over in Australia in 2007 to work on the HBO TV series, The Pacific. So, okay, awesome. oh, yeah. wow, yeah, that's that's amazing, amazing show, yeah, isn't it? yeah. We got a, our, um, our Emmy Award for that for the prosthetics, and the art department got um, Emmys for that, and special effects, and yeah, quite a bit. We're uh, it took a lot that one, so um, so I liked it so much, I moved, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I have a yeah, I have an Australian wife and, and kid now, and so yeah. Well, how did you first get into special effects? Like, let's rewind. How my... did I? So let's 20... go right back. Where's so it all the game? Back in, it starts. Look, your the passion and the interest starts way back. And I and I mentioned to you guys at age two. Two, yeah. Age, <laughs> at age two, my very first movie was Star Wars. My very first movie. My mom took me to oh, see right. it, nineteen seventy-seven. Two years old, my mom was like, hey, yeah, he's good enough to see Star Wars. And I uh, saw it in a drive-in, which is amazing. And so that's, you know, in my DNA now. It goes back that far. And then seeing King Kong versus Godzilla. In the 80s, um, I remember trying to hang out with my dad while he was watching horror movies. He'd, he'd be up late, you know, and then I was like, I want to sneak out, hang out with dad. And he'd be watching something horrific. And there was always some teenager screaming on TV and some blood curdling noises. And I hide behind his chair and he'd see me. He's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to watch what you're watching. And he's like, well, just watch, you know, just sitting here. I'm like, oh, I can't because it's all the blood. 
and the scream and he goes oh the blood's not real it's it's all fake it's like it's like ketchup it's like tomato sauce or whatever i'm like he's like you can't kill people on tv i'm like okay i'll sit and watch this but i plugged my ears <laughs> because of the music and the in the the screaming and then i just started at a young age started picking it apart i could actually see i could see the the joke i could see the illusion and um and I it just the interest started growing more and more. I've been reading Fangoria magazines, if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. That, that rag, and it's back again, which is cool. Um, and then I was like the only kid. All my friends were into skateboarding and BMXing and sport and whatever. But I was the weirdo that liked horror and sci-fi and and I had no other friends that were into it. So I kind of had to keep it, you know, quiet. And um but I was an artist and I liked art. And I was like, I, I'm, that's cool stuff, but I don't quite know what, you know, how that, you know, make that into a living, living in Michigan outside of Detroit, miles, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from Los Angeles, Hollywood. And uh, what, graduated high school, went to college, wasn't kind of hitting it, the mark there of what I wanted to do. And I, went through one of my old Fangoria's and saw an ad for a school that was teaching that stuff. And I was like, I'm going to just take a chance. Why not? You know, I'm young, I'm 18, 19 years old. I'll just go and see what the school's about, learn some junk, move to California, see if I can try. I mean, you got to try when you're young. That's the best time. So I said to the folks, you know, after I graduated from the school, I'll go out to California, you know, do or, you know, do it or bust. And I got out there and I just started sending resumes out. I mean, it was the days of resumes, stacks and stacks of CVs and resumes. And I had no TV and no furniture, lived in a crappy apartment in Koreatown, Hollywood slash. And I would just send all these emails. I had went to a, a phone booth, tore out the yellow pages where all the special effects houses were in. And just started calling, cold calling and emailing. And I had, or not emailing, and just uh, um, sending resumes. I had hundreds, I mean, literally hundreds of resumes out. And I knew all of the effects houses in town. And uh, I got a call out of no, well, can't say out of nowhere, but I was, I got a call and uh, they're like, hey, this is so-and-so from, I wish I remembered this part of the story, but it's so-and-so from, uh, Sony Pictures, we need you to come up to come up to Culver City and um, start on Monday for on a show. I'm like, wow. oh, okay, great. So I drove up and I'm like, I have no idea what the the project is, and I no idea what I'm going to be doing. I didn't care. I was doing crap jobs anyway, so you know, let's just add it to the story. And um, I walk there, and they're like, oh, you know, hi, Chad, and these other two guys are with me. So two of you guys want to be in production. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And the other person, we're going to put you with the creature department. I'm like, that must be me. And um, so they, we walked around, walked around Sony Lot Studios. This is the old MGM studios too, you know? So it's, it's got that, that history that the Wizard of Oz and all that sort of stuff was filmed there. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that sort of pedigree. And you're like walking around in these, these, uh, these buildings with all this history and then um they're like okay chad i'm walking into stage 16 i think it was and meet the guys 
and it was amalgamated dynamics. They're like, I'm going to put you, you're going to put you with amalgamated dynamics and you're going to be their, you know, their, their gopher, their, um, their, their assistant. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. So I got to go with the creature department of amalgamated dynamics, ADI. And um, the film was Starship Troopers. So my nice. first, my first film, I had no <laughs> idea what I was d- doing. And they're like, oh, here's the, here's the guys. And they're, they're putting together the, um, the mech bugs, you know, the, yeah, the yeah, warrior yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, they were putting those together. So it's like a, the creature. And then there's a massive crane behind it that's counterweighted. So they can pull that down and go and kind of move them around and bounce them <laughs> sort of in a few meter sort of span, right? And kind of can go forward and back, but not too much running forward and back. It's kind of more, you know, side to side. And so they're doing that. And then it was all these, these hydraulic lines pumped into it. I'm like, whoa, this is way above my head here. I have no idea what they're doing. And so, no, they're great. They're, um, uh, it's Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. had that, that up. But um, Yuri Everson was the onset supervisor. Took me under his wing. He knew I was green as can be. He's like, okay, just stay next to me. And when I, whatever I say, do it. And then I was like, yep. And then, so whatever they asked me to do, you know, grab that thing, go get me some coffee. And, um, one night, um, he goes, I need you to stay back. I'm sending all the other puppeteers home and um, stay back with me. And uh, we had to do a shot with, do you remember Denise Richards? She's pinned to the yes to the cave floor by the brain bug and all oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I remember every single scene with Denise Richards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm in that scene there and I'm assisting um, Yuri and where we've got Denise Richards down like that. And we have the brain bug coming in with a pelt to stab her in the head. And, and um, me and Phil Tippett are working together in the background, puppeteering the, um, the other legs. If you guys know who Phil Tippett is, you know, from. Yeah. He's the guy that yeah. left yeah, yeah, yeah. dinosaurs. He's loose. the guy. Yes, man. He's the, he's the he did not supervise. He did not supervise the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. He, um, that that guy is uh, amazing he's he is the wizard of oz and um i was couldn't believe i was meeting him and i actually got to make coffee for him and i was, felt like that was a big deal and he liked it so that was nice and um <laughs> but yeah um what an experience that one was you know so um i and they also gave me a chance to work in the brain bug itself and i told the story to my my little crew here in in australia i was like Oh yeah, I was inside the pup, the actual brain bug itself, inside the head, and there was like one, two, six or seven of us inside it. And I was like, "Well, what's my job going to be?" And they're like, "Oh, you get to operate the blood." So, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen uh, Starship Troopers, too late. Who cares? But they cut the palp off. They're about to get stabbed, or she's about to get stabbed in the head, and mm-hmm. she cuts the the stabby thing. Yeah, and blood goes everywhere. And that was me spraying the blood all over the set. So, <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's interesting, you should know of who the crew is in there inside the brain bug itself. Do you guys remember the banana splits? La, 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 yeah. Yeah. La, 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 la. Remember <laughs> yeah. them? 
yeah. the, the guys in the costumes, the uh, and HR Puffin stuff. Do you guys remember HR? I do Puffin remember stuff? HR Puffin. Okay, stuff. I don't. No. No. Okay. Um, the Sid and Marty. This Sid, yeah, this world. is Sid and Marty Croft thing. I think Americans tend to like. We got inundated with all those shows. All those weird shows that we had. Um, the Saturday morning cartoon and live action stuff and HR Puffin stuff. Look him up. He was inside the uh, the brain bug too so um his name is van snowden rest in peace but inside there was van snowden and the sons of all the um sid marty croft sort of puppeteers are all in there so it's quite interesting the the pedigree of of puppeteers so it was, it was an honor being inside that it's amazing mm. so that's my first kaiju that's my first kaiju is a that's, giant brain bug that is an amazing First what kaiju. an introduction. Right. Yeah. We'll, take our, we'll take our first break and then we're going to return with some more Kaiju stories. Thank you so much, folks. Hello, and welcome back to episode 70 of Kaiju Curry House. We have Chad Atkinson here, and he was telling us about how he was inside a brain bug and Starship Troopers when we left off. Chad, what other great stories have you got for us tonight? Or well, this morning? Lead me, lead me into something. Um, okay. Yeah. So after well, Starship like, Troopers, what happened then? What happened after Sergeant yeah, yeah, Troopers? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess it kind of, it, it's, I like to tell the stories of like how you go to your next job and sort of, mm. you know, kind of works out for you. And that job ended, sadly. Um, and it was an amazing experience working on Starship Troopers. And in, I was like, wow, this is a big world getting into this special effects. There's puppeteering, there's mechanical puppeteering there's the art department of putting it together and so i talked to the uh supervisor gary everson i was like is there anything i know you guys are crewing up for your next films can i come in work in the art department there and he goes yes however they've crewed up while we were here but i would definitely get you in you know would you mind just being a driver uh you know a gopher you know assistant that way i'm like yeah uh, whatever as long as at some point I can, I want to come into the workshop. I don't want to just be the driver. I'm happy to do it. It'll be a great learning experience for me to know where all the shops are that, you know, the vendors and everything. And uh, he's like, cool. And so I started, started in and the next movie was, uh, what was the next movie? It was X-Files. The, the, movie. the movie, yeah. Yeah. So X Miles, X Files the movie, and then oh no, no, I'm sorry, it was the other way around. Alien Resurrection was next. So I did I did cool. driving in art department for Alien Resurrection, um, which is nuts. That was such a huge film. So they went from Starship Troopers to Alien Resurrection, and seeing all how that stuff was made was just mind blowing. Just the um, so here we go. I'll talk about this now, Paul. Ready? <laughs> so the art department. So this shop had 80 personnel in it, right? So there's different sections. There's the sculpting department and they sculpt all the stuff, whatever that's meant to be sculpted. Um, I think you had Steve Wang on, on the prod, uh, yeah, yeah, program, yeah. right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, that, Brilliant that's chat. right. I, I met him on that and I was like, wow, we have the top echelon of artists here. Mike Smith and Steve Wang. Uh, Steve Boccaccio, uh, Steve Koch was all in it. Huge, Mo the monsters, the um, the uh, yeah, like I said, the, the top shelf of artists were sculpting all these things, all the aliens, the 
Uh, Jordi Shell was there. If you guys know who he is, he's an amazing designer. So it's just an, it's just incredible artists making all the aliens and everything else. Um, art, there's that art department. Then there's molds. People have to make molds of those of those things. Sorry, that last name. It. That last name. Sorry to interrupt you, Chad. That last name that you mentioned. Um, I, I didn't recognize. Jordi Shell. Yeah, you should, so you should look him up. He's he's uh, an interesting character. Yeah. He's a designer. He does. He's designed. Uh, I can't go through his stuff, but Jordi Shelley's um, yeah, an amazing artist. Yeah, so a lot of people kind of bite his style because he's that sort of prol prolific. Um, but yeah, people do molds, and then from the molds, they have to fill those molds. So that's another department. Fill in the molds. Um, they're called the foam foam fabricators, and then there's the mechanical department that make the skeleton of things to move and then there's pe the art department that people put it together and paint it and, and finish it and then there's performers and jesus there's so many different departments of specialized artisans in special effects and that's and, also um, so you can crank it out quickly too isn't it so you can crank it out quick that's right. big budget stuff though that's a million dollar projects well i start so a question yeah. from Connor Baxter. He says, what's the most challenging special effect that you've ever worked on? Oh, God. You know, each... I don't sure, want to be broad. Make, it's challenging makeup. Effect. Makeup. Mm. Yeah. Um, I like to work on films that have, like, rigs in them, and that means, like, a blood rig or that sort of thing. Uh, I've had challenging moments on set. And that's, one of them was... Uh, there was like stuff on like Hostel 2. We had some challenging stuff that we had to do there. And do you guys see Hostel 2? Are you guys slash? Not yeah. Gore, gore <laughs> oh, the horror films. and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, so there's challenging ones on that that we did. Um, where you're in a room with a naked screaming actress. And uh, it's a bit intense. You know, that's kind of challenging. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, but usually anything that has to do with a blood rig and it's the timing so on hostile to bijou phillips she she gets whacked in the face with a circular saw um and that was really challenged because that's a timing thing with the actress actor my blood rig and the camera angle all had to work at the same time and eli eli roth amazing um guy for for horror films he's 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 lovely and he, he knows what he wants and all that sort of thing and and he's willing to work with special effects people like ourselves. And we had a scene where the circular saw has to hit. And the camera angle was off just to, just weirdly enough. It wasn't quite there. It wasn't at the, um, the 15 uh, degrees or whatever we needed. And the actor coming in. And you can kind of see the gag, which was kind of shit, really. And um, so we hit the hit the button and blood sprays on her face and then rips her her scalp out so we did it yeah and we did it like three times and it wasn't <laughs> wasn't quite the timing was off and he was getting frustrated we were getting frustrated and we finally we just let's have a powwow can you move the cam move the camera he never asked to move the camera if once the camera's there they never want to move anything but hmm. we said move the camera did it change these angles and then we'll go in again and then we'll rip her face apart and she'll be, she'll be great. And that's, and that would, that next shot was the scene. That was the one. So, um, well, it was horrific. 
Yeah, no, it does sound horrific. I tell you what, with Paul's background being uh, Tremors, and that's Tremors 4, which is obviously the best one of the series. Um, yeah. I understand that you were in the art department for that. Tell us about that. So this, so it can be. Um, they got Tremors, the TV series, and Tremors 4 at the same time. And so we got, there's this big thing of, we're doing Tremors this year. <laughs> so... We got the original molds from ADI, so Amalgamated Dynamics, so that, that wraps again. So they had their molds in storage, sent them over you know, just a few miles away. Um, and we had all the original El Blanco molds, the Shrieker molds, and I think the Ass Blaster, all those original ones. And we just re-ran them. So we just did fiberglass jaws and, mm -hmm. and whatever else, the foam. And so we were making both of those at the same time. Now, <clears throat> I was in the art department for making Tremors 4, but I went to set for Tremors, the TV series in Mexico. It's all sort of the same junk. You know what I'm saying? So it's all like these puppets and that puppet. And we made two of the two uh, El Blancos and one went to Santa Clarita and one went to Mexico. And so that crew went there. And then sometimes we'd cross over and, we need a puppeteer up in Santa Clarita and you know, you know what I mean? So we kind of jumped around everywhere. So I was on probably six of the 10 episodes of uh, the TV series, which was, was really fun. It was, it was one of those shows where it's like, it seemed like they ran out of ideas after the third one <laughs> <laughs> and there, they started making up like invisible bats. And I think that had to do with budgets. It's like, Oh, there's an invisible bat in this one. And you're, because I was watching, the, I, I didn't read the script in one of them. I was standing there with my supervisor. I'm like, what's going on? I go, why is he looking around? Is there something I'm missing? And he goes, yeah, there's a, there's a bat. I'm like, are we meant to provide the bat? He goes, no, it's invisible. <laughs> and so there was a, there was a lot of that. <laughs> but they had like uh, the TV series. They had like Vivica A. Fox in it. And, Michael Gross, the original Burt Gummer, and that was so where I thought you went. Well, Paul's our it's totally where it went. <laughs> Paul is a Tremors ultra fan, and I think Paul, this is your moment. So feel free to ask questions about Tremors. Oh, this is a safe space. <laughs> I know it's a safe space. Um, uh, Chad, what's your favorite Tremors film? But oh, that's a good question. Oh, uh, the original Obvious one. Question. I mean, it's, original. it's it's Jaws. It's basically Jaws in the sand, isn't it? So the yeah. original one's great, and. I think they should have. I wish Kevin Bacon would have got involved in the TV series. I think that would have been fun. Yeah, right. Um, and Fred Ward too. I mean, I think the whole. I like the concept of it, um, but it is Jaws in the Sand. So it's a great concept. I, I think it. I think it got silly when it got into ass blasters, and he just started making up junk. Like what is silly about an all ass that. blaster, Chad? Come on, <laughs> what is silly about an ass blaster? Yeah, it's just the shriekers are okay because I guess that that fear that these chicken things are chasing you, and I think you know the tentacles, the graboids are great to pull you down. That's kind of fun, but when it starts farting in the sky and uh, <laughs> I, I on the TV, it sounds... yeah, that's it because it's it's the evolution, isn't it? Each film, and then they thought, well, what else mm. can we do? So the well, TV we series, so the TV films. series, they have the um, mixmaster. Which is the mm. you know deep underground the mountain? There's this um, chemical compound that's escaped, and it's starting mixing. It's, it's gene slicing basically, and that's all the weird creatures are coming out of. But as you say, I think 
a lot of the budget was probably spent on getting the actors in place and so mm. but then trying to do some computer effects as well mm, they're know, bad yeah i think uh, they were probably stretched a bit too thin on that so was that quite a struggle for you film. did i mean do they give you do they just say this is all we you know these are all the materials you've got can you make something scary out of this or how does um, that work is, no, does, does the budget um, ever affect you i should say yeah sure of course um but once we build everything and then you kind of go um oh okay here's an example of the budget for that one <laughs> i i forget what episode it is but there's all these um these plants these deadly plants in the tv series Trifles. do you remember this paul is that flora yeah, yeah. or fauna i think the episode <laughs> you know it then um, i don't remember what it's going we, we are kidding when we say paul is Trevor's <laughs> i remember that episode oh, oh, maybe that I, I i don't know i'm not really sure but it might be this named episode <laughs> i just remember it because um i think the scenes of the creature was was shot that the, there was there was lots of sharp cuts and slow motion so you couldn't really tell what was happening <laughs> uh there were there was budget constraints on that and i do remember i won't put names into it but there was i did see an interaction where somebody took 50 dollars out of their pocket and gave it to the buyer and said we need to make a, a creature for this this episode <laughs> and that, that was that one yeah that sounds like that episode <laughs> oh my god there was a few of those there was oh what was that there was a shrimp creature too. Uh, what what episode was that, Paul? <laughs> I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched the series. I'm going to have to rewatch them. As you uh, say, there's, there's not it's, many episodes. It, didn't last too long. It's so laughable. It was actually it was it was real fun to work on because it was just so what what are we doing? <laughs> and, and one of the crew had to get in the water with that in Mexico. And it was like a a water treatment sort of place and we're like oh you get in i'm not getting how in the did water. that get authorized so we're, yeah health safety we're, we're touching we're touching my line of work here so mm -hmm. there are lots of things about water treatment plants that you don't do and one of them is definitely <laughs> never get in the water scuba dive yeah don't go scuba diving in it yeah you have to you well scuba diving is just about the only way you can get into it safely because um yeah, what, so water, yeah yeah in the water treatment plants that water that fluid actually has very low buoyancy so regardless of how good a swimmer you are you're gonna mm. sink if you have a flotation device you're gonna sink so it's just one of those things that you really people don't know it but it's quite dangerous yeah, so we left him to do that and uh, with a big shrimp <laughs> creature. <laughs> go swim in the poo with the shrimp. So no bats, are they? Bat, I'm, I'm here for the invisible bats. Yeah, you're going to have to watch the series now. No, I don't, I don't yeah, watch it. Sounds awful. Uh, make it a drinking game or something because Let's it's one that. of those. Just, it's silly. It's silly fun. It is. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I wish they'd go to the second series, uh, season two, but they, I think they did like a year ago or something but somebody else did it so well, they said they tried to do a second series of my, with um kevin bacon but that didn't take he off didn't, he, didn't, he didn't fly seven chad <laughs> actually have you um seen, uh, have you seen Tremors seven? Oh, oh yeah have you seen tremor seven yes they still go well no you know like i said i i'm kind of the first two, first two. that i'm out yeah okay. I, tough yeah. question so that's the point so have you you've watched did you watch Tremors 4 and Tremors the series? Uh, some of the series and no on 4. 
Okay, so you, I was wondering if you watched watch your work at all, or if no, not, kind not of always. seeing it being in that process kind of ruins it a bit. Um, well, you kind of know what's happening because you read yeah. either read the script or you're there from beginning to the end, so you know what happens. And and some, it, it, you know, what I do like is when you're like flipping through the channels at home, and all of a sudden it's on, and you go, "Oh, oh yeah, I remember doing that. this thing," you know. <laughs> Yeah, and you kind of, and then you that you reminisce that way. That's kind of fun. But yeah. usually, I don't, I don't watch no. them. Okay. So I throw this question out to all of our special effects artists: What is a special effects that you saw that you didn't work on that you were like, major kudos there? That was awesome. Is there like a go-to special effect that you appreciate in like one of your favorite movies or just something that really impressed you? Yeah, all the time. I mean. It, the uh, the level is it's just whew, it's it, for a little while there it was kind of leveling off and we we're kind of battling against uh, visual effects and stuff like that but man now there are so many cool tricks that are happening oh now you're gonna try to think of one but we'll go all the way back to Rick Baker's transformation on American Werewolf in London um, that is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> everyone, everyone starts with that one, and it's amazing, and, and it still is amazing. And I, I'll still Seamless. watch it to this day. Perfect it's, cuts. It was great. It's clever. It's just, it's just different parts shot smartly and um, with a with a budget. And that's what you know. I try to work with independent filmmakers too, and they want to do all these big things. I'm like, if you watch like these films look how they cut it you know what i mean it's like there's a hand that does that and there's a face that does this and you can cut it and make it interesting and not do everything you know there um so that that's the one we all we start with we we always start with that one but i like interesting ones that shock me like there's a movie called um the green room did you guys see the green room i have um, not so with, sorry oh uh, it, it's a um, it's a, like a Patrick punk Stewart goes to yeah, a Patrick um, Stewart. He's neo-Nazi. A Nazi. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but like, it's on my watch list. Yeah, it's he's he's ahead of the neo-Nazi group. These punk rockers are in this. Uh, there's this show out in the middle of nowhere, and this band gets trapped in the green room, and all this sort of murder and chaos happens. And uh, there's a couple kills in that that are really grotesque and quite um surgical and perfect that way and it shocks you you're like holy holy crap how do you do that you know and I, and I like when i get surprised and shocked by something and that's the point you know you don't want to go i can see the edge of the prosthetic there or the color is weird or it looks like a goofy head exploding um and those are all fine too but they don't kind of inspire you but when something shocks you and tricks you while you're in the middle of the, the watching it that's that's great i like that so that's one i kind of been checking out lately is those that uh catch me off guard so that's brilliant well we have come up to our second break folks when we return chad i'd love to hear about your work on deep blue sea if you're up for that sure another kaiju welcome back to kaiju curry house right in this part we're going to talk about deep blue sea yeah yeah chad what was your involvement in Deep Blue Sea? Deep Blue Sea, uh, I was involved. Um, Matthew Mungle, um, Academy Award winner for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, I worked with him and his small crew, and we made 
they made the prosthetics and we made a bunch of dummies. So prosthetic dummies, lookalikes of uh, Michael Rappaport, and LL Cool J, and uh, somebody else. Who else was it? Anyway, we made a bunch of dummies and stuff. Things to kill. Oh, Stone Skarsgård. He was another one that was in there. And so we made all these dummies. <clears throat> and then we took it down to Mexico. And basically, you know, there, we did all the, you know, the death scenes of those characters with the sharks. And um, you, were, you were saying, Joe, that <clears throat> those live action sharks were incredible. They were absolutely they were. astonishing to work with. <clears throat> all done by, pardon me, uh, Will Conti who, um, Walt Conti, excuse me, Walt Conti, he and his team, um, they created those sharks. And what was really neat about them is they had thrusters under their belly. <clears throat> so he had, a, he had a shark, right? And then underneath it had submarine thrusters. And the submarine thrusters were, I don't know if they were borrowed or bought from the National Geographic uh, Society, so, you know, they do all those underwater exploring yeah. sort of yeah, things. Yeah, the RVs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They took those and whacked those underneath those sharks. And then they had like an umbilical cord. <clears throat> and they'd go out. And they sw and those sharks are swimming in the Titanic tank from the movie Titanic. So it was all nice. shot in, in Mexico. And the exact, where the big, you know, the big ship goes down, mm -hmm. those sharks are all swimming through that. So that's kind of a... Wow. Somebody should edit that together that would be kind of funny but um but it's the same water um, right you're saying about sharks with like thrusters on them it sounds like something from mm. uh, austin powers you can imagine like dr evil having you know sharks rather yeah, yeah. than being shark <laughs> thrusters yes they did and you know and it, i know it's a little bit weird but talking about uh resetting a shot like okay so we have this shark and this person's got to quickly swim and get there and this massive shark, it's as big as a Cadillac, right? And it's moving through the water very quickly. Probably, you know, it's fast enough. Um, can come up, do the move that it needed to do. And they're like, okay, we, uh, we need to reset. And that shark would go in reverse and all the way back to its, its, its uh, first mark. It had parking sensors. That's what you're telling us. It was one of those remote parking. <laughs> it was sharks. just an amazing thing to go, wow, you went back to one. And it would go whoop all the way back, and then the actor would get back in the water, and they'd do it again. And it was, <clears throat> it, it saved so much time. And there, oh. they had a bunch of different sharks for that. They had uh, the really sharks, big one, hallway and, sharks, big yeah. sharks, little sharks. I mean, they were everywhere. Dumping sharks, snapping sharks, <laughs> Samuel Jackson it. sharks. I'm, I'm just thinking, <laughs> yeah. Chad, that you've created a spectrum. You've created a spectrum of special effects. We've got invisible bats and shark <laughs> thrusters. Yep. And along that. With, with brains. Yeah, with large brains. Yeah, yeah. Smart in sharks. In terms of quality. And I, I do think that sharks with thrusters can be hard to beat. Mm. Yeah. No. Actually... I, giant 30-foot uh, spiders from the movie Spiders. That was a... Uh, <laughs> That one tops. Want to elaborate sure. on that? Yeah, tell us more. Yeah, um, there's a two in 2000, I think it was. We we at K and B, we uh, Gary Jones, um, his uh, claim to fame was spiders, and this other one called mosquitoes. Mosquito, I think it's what it was. <laughs> giant These mosquitoes. Are like Anything with two giant. Like things. my least favorite creepy crawlies here. <laughs> so this one's spiders. 
definitely watch it definitely have the guys together and watch it and have a drinking game because it's really ridiculous and funny and probably the funnest film i ever worked on and got paid pretty well um but we basically had (laughs) you have the space shuttle goes up to space and they do all these these lab tests on spiders and things and oops this mutant thing gets on the spiders and they grow really big and attack and crash lands the space shuttle are we talking about mutant space spiders now yes (laughs) this is amazing mutant we need to have them crash land onto earth crash lands onto earth near a college of course course. and then the spiders get out and attack people and then there's two people that kind of can figure out what's going on you know like we know what's happening here we we can solve this and it went from little spiders to medium-sized spiders to uh, six foot, you know, two meter spiders to a 30, 10 meter spider, a 30 footer, which was um, super ridiculous and hilariously fun. And we put this spider puppet on the back of a car trailer and drove it through a campus, like a college campus, and chased everybody <laughs> around. So there's a lot of like camera shooting through the legs like this, and people are running back and forth super stupid and fun um but that was uh probably the one the the funnest kaiju things i ever worked on giant spiders yeah sounds pretty cool and um Mm. speaking of cool when i was looking at your um website one of one Mm. of your best jobs descriptions was um for evolution which is a fantastic Mm -hmm. film and your job description is dragon supervisor yeah (laughs) which that's pretty cool that that i mean like (laughs) Tip is a legend, but he was just dinosaur supervisor. You are a dragon supervisor. Yeah, yeah. t-shirt with dragon supervisor on the back. <laughs> no, I didn't have anything like that fun. Um, did you guys see Evolution? Yeah, yeah. I love that film. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's one of those movies that's like people forget about, and it's actually quite quite a fun movie to watch. And that's one of I've, I've watched, and I like that one. David Duchovny is in that one, and um, yeah, so they had all. Here's another cross with ADI and K and B. Uh, ADI did like that weird um, ape thing, that blue ape guy. So they did that, and then K and B did a lot of the the cutesy little pig thing in that kitchen, and then oh yeah, the dragons. So all these those dragons were made, and so that the evolution that dragon sort of appeared. And they started flying around, and then they then they filled that valley with all those dead ones. So. We had to make all those dead ones. So I kind of supervised. You've just tweaked something in my mind. Where do those mm. practical effects go once you're done with them? So like you say, there's a valley of dragons, like all these props, do those get auctioned off or sold to places like the prop store or like, where do they end up? Sometimes, um, sometimes they end up in storage for the, uh, the, the effects house and depends on who owns it. Okay. so. Here's a fun story, if you, you don't mind. Um, there's a, another giant thing that I worked on. It was a giant crocodile film that we did in, in Africa called Primeval. And I love that movie, Gustav, based on a true really? story. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I went there, and uh, it was not a fun experience, but it was a Disney film. and It was a Disney we, film? <laughs> it was a Disney film. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is Disney. I know. It's I saw it on Disney Plus. I saw it on Disney Plus. I was like, hey ho. <laughs> I know. We had so many puppets and stuff. They ended up doing it all CGI, sadly. 
um, but we made a really big crocodile, Gustav, for that. And sent it all back. Once it was done, they sent it back to the States and it got sent to Burbank, right? And so the bosses said, hey, Chad, go over to Disney and go get our gear, you know, all the stuff that, you know, we had over there. Yep, so I load, got the truck, drove over there and just by the Burbank airport, these huge warehouses. And uh, so I go in there and you have to get like a clearance and whatever. And you walk with a security guard and I'm walking through and it's all these, these chain link lockups, right? Each individual in this massive warehouse. I'm looking around like, oh, wow, that's that show. And oh, that's that show, you know? And I'm like, oh, where's, where's our stuff? And he goes, ah, it's way in the back here. It's, you know? So I'm walking around and I kind of notice something very large. I'm walking next to him like, God, what is this thing? And I look and it was uh, a pirate ship. I'm like, holy hell. And I go, what's this? And I look closer and it's the Black Pearl. The entire nice. ship intact in the middle of this warehouse. I'm like, because it was from the first one. So it was, you know, it was a while ago. I'm like, oh my God, that's the, that's the Black Pearl. And he, I go, what are they going to do with that? And he goes, oh, they'll may make another movie. I don't know though. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, they ended up doing that. But um, I don't know if they ended up using the Black Pearl or other ones i think that it's just kind of like oh we have it and then we'll build other ones but they disney retains everything so everything all the molds everything that you've done so sometimes you get to keep the crap and sometimes it gets locked up forever in burbank kind of like the we always uh, equate it to the end of indiana jones i was about to say yeah, yeah. top men top <laughs> men top, <laughs> top mice okay. yeah well, why don't we wrap up this episode with our own personal recommendations? So, Chad, I know you're new to this episode. What we normally do is we finish off with, if nothing else, so we go around the table and we give our own personal recommendation of go out and check this out. Might be a film, might be a book, just anything. Paul, mm. get us started off, and for God's sake, you know, I have tremors. to. I have to say tremors. Oh. I, I have to put everyone through tremors the series as, as a drinking mm. game now because it's the best yeah. way to enjoy it. I mean, you know, they expect it. I'd, I'd be letting people down <laughs> if I didn't say Tremors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if nothing else, Paul recommends the Tremors the series. Tremors the series. <laughs> and from myself, if nothing else, get yourselves along to watch Deep Blue Sea. If only for the speed from Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, avalanches and sharks. <laughs> with thrusters on with thrusters. yeah that's right <clears throat> yeah joe right well thank you for stealing deep blue sea from me um i'm going to recommend watching the mist uh it is one of those movies that has traumatized me and it left quite an impact i watched at the first time i saw it i was i had just become a father so i hope i'm not spoiling it for anybody but <laughs> if you're a parent that film kind of just it tugs at the heartstrings. So uh, yeah, I saw that and um, it's one of the better Stephen King adaptions in my, uh, in my opinion. So uh, go for that. It's got some great practical effects. It's got some great special effects in general. And it's got a really good premise of uh, society breaking down. So there we go. Chad, what would you recommend if nothing else? If nothing else, um, I recommend 
Love and Monsters. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I worked on it and uh, me and my business partner, Jack Charlton, headed up the props making and all the weapons for that. But what I like about it, um, it's one of the few movies that my daughter, she's 10, is able to see. And so it's kind of her introduction to monsters. And it was uh, just a stepping stone into the little, you know, jump scares and some, some mutant sort of creatures and things. But um, Dylan O'Brien is really um, self-deprecating and funny in it. And it's a sort of a simple storyline. And, you know, I know I'm being biased, but um, the, I think the art department on that, just the world building did such a beautiful job in it. And uh, it looks like a, a fun, apoc- you know, post-apocalyptic world to live in, you know, despite all the, um, <laughs> all the um, hazards that are in it. But I recommend Love and Monsters. Yeah, yeah it's a great so check that out. We, yeah, we just had choice. Toby Barron on, and he was great fun talking about uh, Love and Monsters. And it yeah. was thanks to Joe. Joe recommended it to me. And it, it's an absolute treasure of a film. Yeah. Yeah, Toby was right next to us in uh, the same sort of building. So we get to see those guys, uh, uh, Steve Boyle and his team with Toby and all that, uh, making it. So it was, it was really cool. It was really fun. It was fun to kind of work together, too. You never get to work in the same building as everyone. So that was, that yeah. was really neat. It's a very good accessible film. It's a good entry-level monster film. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah, absolutely. But like, it's not entry in kind of like a dull way. It's, it's pretty high bar. Like yeah 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 and and the the scares are just enough to to be fun um right. just sort of uh oh you know haunted house kind of scares not yeah. jesus I'm, I'm traumatized like like joe <laughs> yeah. is from the nest <laughs> yes. so. yeah. it was the ending that traumatized me to be fair <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough the gun the gun did it that was that was the bit yep there we go well, anyways, folks, thank you for listening to episode 70 of Kaiji Curry House. We want to thank our guest, Chad, for coming on. And as always, yeah, thanks folks, for having me. Chad, how can people follow you on social media? Please tell them. Uh, you can find me, uh, you know, the, the Instagram of Chad Atkinson, FX artist. Um, I also have Instagram of Stingray, Stingray Sushi Studios. That's um, where we kind of, their professional site there. And also on Facebook, you can find me at Chad Atkinson FX artist. Um, you can see what I'm up to there with workshops. I, I teach you know students how to to create that stuff too. So in my spare time between films, I show them how to make you know scary prosthetics and big creature things too. So that's a fun one that I do. Or you can see my website Chad Atkinson FX.com and uh, I'm all there too. Everything kind of links up anyway. So so thanks for that, guys. Really, uh, this was fun. So that's, um, thank, you. thank you very much. Thanks for coming on.